I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our Old Testament lesson is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our gospel lesson is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I invite you to stand as you are able. Jesus is speaking. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. There is a picture of me somewhere in my parents' almost 60-year collection of family photos. I'm a three-year-old missionary kid in a sunsuit, sitting on the back of a water buffalo cart with a straw hat on my head. 
Perhaps it is that old faded photograph that has over the years kept a memory alive. The memory of that experience has faded some over the years, but I still remember. We were traveling as a family in a beat-up old Volkswagen van down a deeply rutted and muddy dirt road along a sugarcane field in British Guiana on the western, northern, sorry, coast of South America. Suddenly, out of the cane lumbered two water buffalo, yoked together and pulling a rickety wooden cart, carrying a huge and dusty load of sugarcane. Mud stuck to the two wooden wheels of that cart, and as the wheels slowly turned, those black globs of mud gradually loosened and fell back to the ground. The water buffalo looked as though they were wearing dirty old white sport socks, where the mud had caked uh, to their legs and dried. Their tails swished constantly, sweeping flies from their haunches to their weepy and crusty eyes and back again. And these water buffalo were not by themselves. An equally muddy Hindu man with a dhoti pulled up between his legs handled the switch that whistled when it flicked upon the ears of his weary beasts. And I remember how those buffalo bawled with pain and annoyance. Well, I've always had a heart for suffering animals, and so I asked my father, why don't they just run away? Now, Dad might not remember this, but I do. They can't, Dad responded. They're yoked together. Well, I learned what a yoke was that day. I saw one. And you know what they looked like, rough wooden collars for two buffalo or mules or any beast of burden, for that matter. The yoke lies heavily on the shoulders of the animals and is attached to a plow or cart that carries the load. I didn't just learn a new word that day. I learned what a yoke was, but I also learned what it means to be yoked, at least if you're a water buffalo in a muddy sugarcane field in South America. Being yoked means that there is excruciatingly difficult work to do. It means pain. It means hardship. It means serving a demanding and unrelenting taskmaster. Now, the biblical picture of a yoke is no less a negative one than what I saw on that hot South American day so long ago. The word yoke is mostly, most commonly used in the Bible to depict subjugation or humiliation or forced service and bondage. Yoke often refers to political slavery. Do you remember the time that God instructs Jeremiah to wear a literal yoke as a demonstration that Judah and the surrounding regions should submit to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon? Freedom is the opposite 
of slavery or forced certitude. Freedom is described throughout scripture as the breaking loose from the yoke of servitude. For example, Isaiah prophesies to a remnant of God's people that there will be a day when the burden will be removed from their shoulders and the yoke will be destroyed from their neck. The image of a yoke is also used in the Bible to describe a person's bondage to sin. Lamentations describe sin as a yoke around someone's neck. And generations later, Paul calls the Jewish Christians to account when he says, to require Gentile Christians to submit to Jewish ceremonial law is an unwelcome yoke. And close alliances that bring, only, bring about only trouble and destruction for God's people are also described as being a yoke. Israel's dabbling in pagan practices is described as yoking herself to Baal. And of course, you remember Paul's warning against a Christian marrying an unbeliever. Don't be yoked together, he says. Well, I don't think this image has changed much over the, this, over the years. These, this image of a yoke and of being yoked. They still use yokes for animals in the fields of, developing, of the developing world where modern agricultural equipment and technology is scarce or even non-existent. The work is still back-breaking and dirty and animals are still abused. There is nothing positive about being yoked. Even if that yoke is figurative for human beings. I wonder what yokes we bear. I think of those who are oppressed by governments or employers, by religious institutions and religious practice. I think of relationships that are broken in every way except by proximity, a fear that keeps one yoked to present circumstances, the yoke of sin, or of the oppression that exists when our authorities lead without love. Yokes weigh heavily on us. They pull us down. They keep us in our place. They restrict our freedom. Yokes work us hard under oppressive conditions. They take away our voice and our choice. Who would submit to a yoke? The yoke of slavery and bondage, the yoke of addicting and destructive alliances is a hard and merciless master. There's no joy, there's no peace, and there certainly is no rest. Can you imagine any one of our presidential candidates directly imploring you to take up their yoke and vote for them? Of course, depending on the candidate, you might feel as if a vote for a particular candidate would be like putting on a yoke. But seriously, if you were trying to convince someone to join your team or your cause, would you use the word yoke to describe the relationship that person would have with you? Probably not. Yet in one of the most incredible reversals of all time, Jesus turns this image on its head. Listen again as I read our text from Matthew chapter 11. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. This yoke, this symbol of servitude and oppression in Jesus' telling becomes the supreme example of submission and alliance that brings out the best in us and brings, brings out the best for us and for the sake of God's mission in the world. The yoke that Jesus calls us to submit to becomes a symbol of discipline in a person's life, not oppression. It restores and heals. It doesn't break us down. Instead of a cruel taskmaster, we are yoked to a master who is gentle and humble in heart. Rather than cruelty and pain, this yoke brings rest and refreshment for the soul. Some people deceive themselves, believing that they are not yoked to anyone or anything. And the truth of the matter is that we are not absolutely free human beings, no matter how independent we are, no matter how wealthy or self-sufficient. We are yoked to something or someone in this life. The yoke of discipleship to Jesus Christ brings rest for the soul. Any other yoke is wearisome, a heavy burden. Come to me, all of you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says. This is the only place in all of the New Testament where Jesus gives this particular invitation. It's not follow me or come after me. It's not follow my commandments or obey me. This time, it is an invitation to personal connection, to relationship. What comes to my mind is that wonderful statue of Christ with arms outstretched, which stands on the mountaintop overlooking the suffering and weary city of Rio de Janeiro. Come to me. And to whom is the invitation given? It's given to everyone who is weary and carrying a heavy burden. No one is excluded. Not the Jews of Jesus' day, burdened by the efforts to keep the law. Not those who are weary from the struggle of trying to measure up. Not those weighted down by their sin. Not those weary with simply trying to get through another day. No one is excluded. All may come and enter into the rest that Jesus offers. And how does Jesus give rest? Well, he simply offers a transfer of yokes. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew's image of being yoked to Christ is appropriate, I think, to his overall message. 
His gospel is written to provide guidance to a struggling Jewish Christian community on how it should understand its calling and its mission. This image of being yoked to Christ implies that there is work to do. It suggests that the task will not be an easy one. It is work that gets your hands dirty. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are invited to take his yoke. Jesus says, take. He does not force us to submit to his yoke. But when we take this yoke, we must know that it is not simply for our own personal pleasure or benefit. We are connected to him, not simply for the promise of reward or rest. We take this yoke in order to do God's work in the world. Rest does not mean that there is no work to do. There is work to do, and it is hard work. It is work that will cost us something, and the image of the yoke suggests as much. Now, the gospel writer John uses a different image. John uses the vine and branches to describe this connectivity to Christ, this abiding in Christ. This is a wonderful image of how we are connected to Christ, but it is without the visual picture of mission, of hard kingdom work that Matthew is so concerned about. Yes, Jesus' disciples abide with him as Branches are connected to a vine. But I think that Matthew reminds us that this connectedness, this abiding, is for a purpose. For the purpose of mission in the world. And he reminds us of that by lifting up this particular and unique invitation that Christ offers. It's an invitation to take Christ's yoke. I wonder how we might describe this yoke? Well, it's a yoke of faith. Imagine stooping down under this wooden yoke and raising your shoulders against its weight. Christ is on the other side, and we do not carry it by ourselves. We do not have to do the work by ourselves. We take this yoke in faith that the one to whom we submit ourselves is the one who also walks beside us, This is the one toward whom our whole lives are focused. We have complete trust and confidence in him. He is the one who bears the load with us and whose presence with us is eternally promised. Would you choose to yoke yourself to someone in whom you had no trust? Probably not. Christ's yoke is also a yoke of love. For who can stay attached to someone for the long haul without love? It's not a burden to be yoked to someone you want to be near, someone you want to learn from and grow with. Is it a burdensome yoke when there is no other place you would choose to be? The longer you are yoked to Christ, the more you look like him, the more you feel what he feels, and the more you see what he sees, the more you hear what he hears. This yoke is not a burden. It's a joy. It's not oppressive weight. It is rest.
And Christ's yoke is a yoke of obedience. Think for a moment about those two water buffalo that I saw when I was a child. Where one went, the other went. They were inseparable. Christ sets the agenda for a disciple who is yoked to him. He guides the direction for God's work. When yoked to Christ, you go where he goes. Submitting to the yoke takes away any personal choice. What is, what, what is the work that you are about to do for the sake of God's mission? Christ makes the decisions. We go where he goes. We trod the same path. What he encounters, we encounter. He is with us through difficult situations when God's purposes are challenged and the road is long and difficult. When yoked to Christ, it is impossible to be disobedient on the way. Christ's yoke is a yoke of faith and love and obedience. It is the only way of true discipleship. Disciples, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. You will find rest for your souls. Instead of the burden of the law and its endless rules and demands, he offers the law of worship and love. For the yoke of sin, he offers the joy of sins forgiven, the power of the Holy Spirit and an eternity with him. For the yoke of selfish pride and arrogance, he offers meek obedience and humility. For the yoke of freedom without responsibility, he offers freedom in service to others. The yoke of discipleship to Jesus Christ brings rest. Maybe better translated, refreshment for the soul. Refreshment is a fullness of peace and wholeness of confidence and trust, of contentment in meaningful endeavor. Disciples and disciple communities are on mission. We are on God's mission in the world. Anderson First United Methodist Church is on God's mission in the world. It's not simply enough to come, to respond to Jesus' invitation to receive himself, if we want to grow in Christ's likeness, if we want to be about God's mission, if we, together with Christ, are to accomplish God's purposes in our world, then we must take, we submit to the yoke of discipleship. Jesus said, come, take, rest. Come to me, take my yoke, and find rest. There's an old legend that when birds were first created, they had no wings. And they rebelled when wings were given them because these wings seemed to be such a burden. But when they finally accepted them, this burden lifted them to the sky. It has been said, the weight of Christ's yoke is wings to the soul. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, so often it seems your kingdom works in paradox. We wouldn't put the images of a yoke and rest together, but you did. 
and you open the opportunity up to us to choose your yoke and in so choosing to find rest. We do need rest, that's for sure. The burdens are great in our lives and we so often feel trapped under the weight of expectations and schedules and uncertainties and entanglements from which there seem no way out. Help us to set those burdens down. Give us the courage to yoke ourselves to you and to your way, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of your kingdom. Bless us with your rest and your peace and your joy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.